0: Just right there. Everybody needs to rewind the podcast to the, to when Eddie said, what's in your Canvas backpack and listen to it again. Because the three self-check tips along with the accessibility checker, that's huge.
1: Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's going to open your audience. So a lot of teachers tell me, oh, but I don't have any students with that, that need well, you don't know their parents who are teaching them at home or their grandparent that doesn't have that need. So you need to make sure that you're creating your web content for any possible user.
2: Perfect. Yeah. Before we wrap up, Marcus, people don't rewind things anymore.
0: It's like, uh, I, listen, time out like a, before you start making fun of me and call
2: me old. Nobody says the like nobody says, hey, you're gonna rewind that podcast.
0: Uh, every time I want to hear something getting out of my podcast, I take a pencil, I slide it right into one side of the the, the tape, and then I turn counterclockwise. <laughs> I turn counterclockwise, and then ta-da, and then I put it back into the tape player, my boom box, and I hit play. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, I
2: don't think that's how that works. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Canvas Casters podcast. Today, we have Katie Fielding. With 17 years of experience in public schools, Katie is always excited to talk about ways to integrate technology into the classroom. Katie transitioned to the role of instructional technology coach at Woodbridge Senior High School after 13 years as a high school science teacher. In that position, she was quickly found her niche in sharing instructional practices with her colleagues, and she was selected the VSTE Coach of the Year in 2019. Katie takes joy in building capacity in others so they can fully participate in the digital world. Katie has a special interest in improving homebound instruction for chronically ill students. She shares this message through professional learning opportunities and connecting with educational leaders on the topic. Now, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, she hopes to improve those virtual practices for all learners. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Katie Fielding to episode 29 of the Canvas Casters podcast. Thank Woo! you. Very interesting
1: out. having that read aloud. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> How did I do? Did I do it? It a- was
1: great. It was great. I'm going to have to be my hype man.
0: <laughs> I- I'm hired. I just hired myself. Yeah. I'm definitely You're right. he makes a decent hype man. Decent I'll take it. I'll take decent. Yeah. I'll take decent every day of the week. Um, I'll be your hype man, no doubt about it. We're <laughs> awesome. we're really glad to have you here. Um, we have interacted a lot on Twitter um in sort of the the virtual sphere if you will uh but because you're so active on twitter and you're and you're definitely active uh in the conversation uh about canvas uh we wanted to to reach out and we we, a lot of you guys saw this on twitter um we needed to hear the story and the voice of folks that are relatively new to canvas And, and and eddie and i talked about you know what what we wanted to what story we wanted to hear. And the story that we really wanted to to hone in on is, you know, what has it been like for folks to adopt the Canvas LMS sort of in the midst of the pandemic? Because it's all so hectic and crazy as it is. And then you add that to the mix and things get pretty crazy. Um, But before we get into that, uh, Katie, let's... Uh, I got to just confront something here. Uh, Eddie's trying to fill all of these episodes with Google Innovators. (laughs) Um, And I'm not going to let it go unnoticed, all right? So this has happened before. It's like he's got ringers. Um, So with that being said, and I may or may may not be a little bit jealous, uh, but I do want to hear, and I think the audience would would like to hear, what was your experience uh, with Google Innovator like? And uh, it was in Denmark, is that correct?
1: It was, very hoogah experience.
0: That's awesome. I don't know what that means. There's no idea. It,
1: it means cozy. Um, it's like a, a Danish word for cozy. Like they have a whole like an, um, culture of like candlelight and warm blankets and having like your friends be like convivial with each other. Um, it's just a, a very popular word. And uh, a lot of the week's kind of like the theme of the week um, at the Innovator thing. And each of our teams kind of had a, a name with a hygge vibe to it. So, nice yeah. love it yeah
0: see i just learned something
1: that's what i'm here for
0: nice so <laughs> what, what else about uh that whole experience did you did you love what did you take from it
1: i mean it was i mean and i'm sure eddie will feel this way so like the best professional development you've just ever had um i think obviously for me it was in denmark a place i love i've been to before um and just getting out of your space um is always helpful to learn new things um it really taught me how, as just you know a teacher or a coach, I can be an agent for transformation in my school. I don't have to be an official leader. And the ways that people at my level can can work to solve problems. So yeah, it was a really great experience. Um, I think actually, Eddie, you're in uh, you were in Washington D.C. in 17, right?
2: Yeah, I didn't so, go anywhere fancy. Just uh, <laughs> literally two states over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I live here, so yeah. it's, it's all good. Uh, but um, I think actually, you you were in a cohort cohort with my. Um, my mentor. Okay. So Nate Kellogg was my mentor. Yeah, great so, guy. Yeah, yeah. So, That's yeah. awesome.
2: What a cool. So, connection.
1: um, yeah, I love that the experience was more than just the time in Denmark. It's like the whole year of, of growth. So. Well, it it's
2: multiple so years, great. right? Like, uh, yeah, this, still going but, on. Yeah, it doesn't end. I'm telling you right now, it's three years in, and we're still chatting back and forth. So.
1: Yep. Our a, chat is never ending. <laughs> it's a great
2: group, and, um, so what, you know, as far as what you learned there, and. I think the question I get often asked the most is um, how does a Google innovator find himself now that I kind of work for the man, but how does a Google innovator find himself being so excited about Canvas? Because it doesn't compute to a lot of teachers. So what's uh, what's your take on that? What are some things that you say to some people around your district?
1: Yeah, well, I think a Google innovator is someone who just like wants to answer questions about issues going on in the classroom. And, you know, there can be many tools that can help um, solve th- those problems. And I think Canvas is a really robust LMS. Um, uh, we've been using Google Classroom in my school um, for a few years, actually, since I've been tech coach. And my teachers really, you know, really enjoyed that because we didn't have an LMS before that. I think it was a great, like, step stool. LMS to getting to Canvas. Uh, but the things that my teachers are able to do with Canvas and keeping kids just inside the environment has been really powerful, especially while we're remote.
2: And uh, one of the reasons why we've been really excited to have Katie on and, and why we reached out to her was uh, not only that, but she shares a ton of great content and her websites are awesome. Uh, katiefielding.com, itcs4all.com with the the number four. We'll put all these links in the show notes and the resources and uh, pwcsbackpack.com. Marcus, why do we not own a backpack URL? We need to figure that out. That's that's our thing, write that down. Um, But all of your sites are just awesome. And they provide so many resources for teachers you know, around the globe. And not only just teachers, but also students and their families. So I, I know when we started doing our research and looking at some of these sites, one thing you're clearly passionate about is UDL. And I think a lot of people aren't as familiar with universal design learning that um, need to be. So it's one of the things that I know a, a couple of years ago when I uh, had looked at some other positions around our state, one of our schools is a huge UDL school. And uh, it was just really interesting to me because I never really dove into like what it meant and how uh, passionate people get about UDL. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about universal design learning and and why you're so passionate about it?
1: Yeah, so it actually kind of does attach itself to my innovator project, which was all about um, improving homebound instruction for chronically ill students. So I myself was a student that was chronically ill, and I was out of school for large amounts of time in the hospital. And then once I became an educator, I was a homebound instructor for a long time. And I saw that a lot of things hadn't really changed in that situation um, for those students that were at home. Um, So my project, I really wanted to improve the experience of homebound education for those students. Um, And then the more I got into that, I was seeing, you know, students with certain needs, you know, accessibility was a big one. And if you're a disability advocate, like I am as a person with a disability, you can't just advocate for your own, you have to advocate for all of them. And that means making sure that everything you put in an LMS or put on uh, the web is accessible for everyone to um, to have access to, using access a lot, but um, so that everyone can get the information they need or they want. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, and that's the thing. UDL, uh, it, to me, accessibility overall, it's so important for teachers to learn more about because so few uh, of us have that sort of formalized training. Uh, And and I say this a lot uh, in in sort of a different vein about, you know, technology and and all of our teachers right now that are teaching in remote settings or hybrid settings, I keep telling my teachers, did you go to college to learn how to design for online uh, learning? No. No, no, none of you did. None of you have been taught by any formal training. How to make things accessible, use fonts that are readable, access the tools and the technology that are out there for uh, for all sorts of learners. None of us did. So it's a I, I love I have this place in my heart for everyone like you who, you know, takes that vital element of education and then champions for it because it's it takes people like that to do that work because. The, the general population in a typical k-12 building does not have that training and in order to get that proper training would cost thousands and thousands of dollars and so we have to find our experts and really hone in and, and sort of latch on to folks like you to to share that expertise and 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 push push that content and that the importance of that uh, with our teachers um, I, I've talked about it with technology I've talked about it with el. Um, English language learners, same concepts, similar concepts in terms of you just got to, And it goes back to what you said about your experience with Google Innovator, learning how to lead from where you are, uh, whatever position you're in. You know, if you're in a a quote unquote leadership position. Great. But if you're not in one of those titles, um, you can have even more impact because the voice that comes from. You know, the the staff, I think, is probably even more powerful uh, than the one that's got the fancy title. Um, so I, I really love all of that. Um, what advice would you give one of your teachers who seems to be struggling with learning things like universal design uh, for learning, struggling with all of these things that that they're juggling at this point? What advice would you give?
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm almost 40. So I'm in the age group of a lot of people that are having trouble. I mean, they haven't built a website since their MySpace page or their GeoCities, maybe if they had one <laughs> and were nerdy like me. Um, so, you know, this is new for a lot of people, even the younger teachers, it's new for some of them. Um, So I've really kind of reframed my position. Instead of being instructional technology coach, I'm instructional technology counselor um, so I'm doing a lot of counseling right now. And so what I like to say to my teachers is to be patient with yourself and go slow and start small and just choose one tool or one strategy that is going to work for you and your students and master that. You don't have to do all the things and like, just, so just be trying your best. And, you know, no matter where you are in your educational career, it's okay to get a mentor. Like if you've been in the classroom for 20 years, this could be the year you need a mentor again. And that's okay. And try and find one um, in your network or, um, you know, within your school.
2: That's so hard though, right? For, because they don't want to, it's not, and it's not an admission of uh, failure on their part or the, that, that because I think we know some veteran teachers that are like, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing it for 20 years. And I've got all these grads that say I was their favorite and the best teacher they've ever had. Um, So regardless of what you want to teach me, (laughs) you know, I I got receipts, right? And it's so hard for that. Um, I think that's what I struggled with most most as a coach early on was trying to find ways to, to reach them. Um, but once you figure it out, I mean, it's, it, it is, it is one of those things that can be very valuable. Um uh, I
1: will say that I think that, you know, the pandemic and being virtual, we have been since March has made people less siloed like that. I think- our teams are working stronger together and that our you know our veteran teachers are relying on our newer teachers in a lot of ways and it's going really well in both directions so that's a positive that i've seen come out of this they
2: were sudden they were suddenly vulnerable right yeah they yeah. They, they all of a sudden all of those barriers just got they it just They fell because it was now time to like okay maybe I I probably need to figure this out or my kids aren't going to learn anything so
1: yeah and I think all the teachers they they want the best for their students so they're willing to really put in the work and the time and it's been a lot of time uh, to make what you know everything that's happening happen
0: yeah the uh that that's that's the positivity that's the positive angle that that I keep trying to. Uh, I I keep wanting to hear from people. So I appreciate that from you. I, I, as much as I can, I try to convey that same kind of positive message, even in the midst of all the things it's like, yeah, but look at, but look at what you're able to do now. Like you couldn't do this. We couldn't do this. We couldn't make this happen before. And so now, you know, we've said it on the podcast hundreds of times, we were all pushed off the ledge. But I, I really truly believe that it's beneficial in the long term, you know. And it's we just got to fight through and, and sort of muddle through uh, where we're at now. But I mean, imagine where where we are as educators when there aren't all of these stumbling blocks and aren't all these uh, challenges that have been sort of thrown in. When we take those away and we get you know back to a normal. Um, yeah, I've I've had teachers flatly say, "This thing I would have never done. Now that I've done it, I'm now doing this like going from remote back to the classroom." Or our high school, junior high is hybrid, and so teachers that were remote are now applying some of those those strategies in face to face or in that hybrid setting where we're alternating days and it's a weird, crazy schedule. Um, but I, I'm all I'm with you. I'm almost thankful in a lot of ways because I do think that it was sort of the necessary nudge uh, to sort of get us going
1: yeah and I, and it's not easy so I don't want to say like all the positivity and that it's oh it's been great no it has been hard <laughs> and I'm fortunate like I've been out of school with a very very supportive and very empathetic administration like so my staff I feel has been pretty well supported in that area but I know there are lots of schools that you know people are struggling with that and so that is definitely. A different story, maybe.
0: Yeah. And it definitely it definitely takes, I mean, it takes everybody. I mean, it's cliche, but it certainly helps. It to does. Have that support. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Well, when we come back, uh, we'll get to learn a little bit more about Katie's canvastory. I made that up. History. <laughs> it's your canvas history. See, what Marcus did there is he smushed the words together to make it quirky and fun.
1: Just like Hillary Rodden Clinton did in her book,
0: Story. Exactly. That's what I was going for. Yeah. I like where your head's at. <laughs> so we're going to come back. We're going to talk about your tree And we're going to talk about what you might put in your Canvas backpack. So be thinking about it. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be back with the Canvas Casters podcast.
2: So Marks and I want to do something a little different. I don't know if it'll stick, but it's something a lot of other podcasts do. And if there's anything I'm not above, it's stealing other people's content. (laughs) (laughs) Solid. (laughs) Off to a smashing start. So uh, what we're going to do, and this is a great chance for you to have your uh, voice heard on the podcast. If you give us a review, we are then going to read these reviews and kind of give a little reaction to them. Not necessarily.
0: I, 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 <laughs> well, I'm, I'm nervous because you just basically told everyone that listens, go ahead and roast us. That's fine.
2: I think it would be fun. I, the, the more negative reviews, the better, because I think we'd have more. Uh, <laughs> so here we uh, go. Let's just get started. I don't want to waste a whole lot of time. Uh, <laughs> not the, Not that this podcast isn't a a waste of time. Hey. (laughs) I love it. That was the first review. No, I'm kidding. Uh, So here's the review. All right. This is from all my nicknames were taken. Hmm. Subject, such a find exclamation point. Oh, exclamation point. I have learned at least one useful bit of info from each of these podcasts and quite often more. I love the variety of guests as well as the podcasters, fun and down to earth personalities. It makes my commute time to and from work very informative.
0: Well, that was that's really nice. <laughs> Did you think I was going to go bad? I was a little worried. Uh, they, this person takes one, sometimes more piece of 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 learning right. from the podcast. Yeah. I'll take it at least one, at least one from there each, was some, from each podcast. Okay. Okay. So to the people at home, so we're clear, if we're going to quantify, right. You're going to listen to the podcast for anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. You're going to get
2: one thing <laughs> and that's better than no things. Well, here's another one for you, Marcus, if you're not already feeling great about yourself. (laughs) Okay. If you are an educator, administrator, or techie, the Canvas podcast is a must listen. The show is a fantastic journey of stories told by Canvas LMS users. That's poetry right there. Podcast hosts are passionate about education and show their prowess as lifelong learners. Hey! In fact, I've learned so much each episode, I've been able to share with my fellow teachers. Keep up the good work, fellas. You guys rock. Hey. <laughs> that, hey. I really,
0: honestly, like, for the folks at home, full <laughs> disclosure, Eddie read those,
2: as you heard. I'm not seeing them. I'm not looking at right. what he's, or, and, I'm not seeing them. And for the, And for this content, I think we're going to make sure that you do not... You are not allowed to to go in and read them pre, right? Right. Show so like I will just come in with new ones. Hopefully people will write more reviews. Yeah. In their podcast player, and then we'll be able to read them. So I don't want you to have to react to something you already read. Sure, sure. I I that that person sounds swell. What was that person's name? Uh, there must Indiana? be an Indiana local because I, I it's Indiana in the name, but then it's like a win and then an O. So hmm. it could be Indiana Wino or Indiana Winno, not sure. Uh-oh. Wino.
0: <laughs> Let's keep it PG.
2: Eh? Oh, we appreciate we appreciate the reviews. Ah. Keep them coming in. We're going to save a couple I think for the next episode. And uh, there might be one or two. We've got a lot of five-star reviews, which are great. But we've got one that that was Uh-oh. that wasn't as happy oh no <laughs> not our oh no we're going to save that one for next time <laughs> so yeah moral of the
0: story go to apple podcasts all the other platforms that you use write a review say what you feel say what your heart evokes out into the world if it's good great if it's not so good we're okay we can handle it right we have thick skin right And Faces for Radio.
2: (laughs) And welcome back to the Canvas Casters podcast. We're talking with Katie Fielding, an instructional technology coach at Woodbridge Senior High School in Virginia. We were just recently talking about, before the break... Uh, about what this means through the pandemic, right? After we go back to normal. Katie, are you worried at all? What what sort of things are you seeing in your district that might uh, make you a little bit nervous that there isn't a sudden uh, slingshot around the moon back to uh, let's put all this technology away because that was such a terrible experience?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm... I... Definitely hopeful. So, at my my district has done a lot of bandwidth um, improvements while we've been out, um, and you know, so we we've had a big change since we've been out. So, we were not one to one before, and we did not have like a true LMS. And so, since March, we have gone one to one, and we've gotten a true LMS. Whoa, whoa, time,
2: whoa. Out. <laughs> <laughs> time out! No, 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 no! Slam the brakes!
1: <laughs> Slam the brakes! I know, I know, right? Say it
0: slow and say it loud for the people in the back. Before
2: the pandemic.
1: We were were... not one-to-one.
2: And you did not have a full-blown LMS.
1: And we did not have an LMS.
0: (laughs) And everyone is okay.
1: We're alive. Yeah,
0: Yeah. we're good. You're doing it. No one died. There's hope, people. There's hope. (laughs) Okay, sorry to interrupt. Please proceed. That's so impressive.
1: Yeah, it's been a big shift. So my teachers have gone from, you know from zero to 60 in you know overnight basically (laughs) so yeah yeah Yeah. it's been a been a shift but i think the question was what am i worried about when we come back and what i would say is you know we're doing these bandwidth improvements and it's supposed to be great but just that you know people stop using technology when it's frustrating so if that is not like if that is all not there then i think people are going to get frustrated when we are back in the building and um there's difficulties (laughs) so hopefully there won't be i mean they've done like huge gigabyte uh, improvements into the whole uh, network but just that's the that's the question
0: yeah uh i can honestly that's funny that you that you mentioned that because uh we're having issues (laughs) with our internet um (laughs) (laughs) little little uh you know cautionary tale um we are having some issues currently, basically, you know, long story short, a, a an upgrade turned into a massive downgrade in terms of filtering for our student devices and something that happened on a Friday. No, it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving was applied to the devices over the break, assuming very little activity over Thanksgiving break. Yada, yada. Come back Monday after Thanksgiving, we have not yet had stable internet for our students like like full disclosure right now here's what i'm gonna say like it is bonkers you know what you know they say they they say (laughs) you don't know what you got till it's gone (laughs) that is 100 when it applies to the internet yeah all right oh yeah and it's it's crazy How much of a struggle it's been this last couple of weeks with our, again, we have face to face, we have hybrid and we have some remote, we've got the whole gamut and, you know, it's sort of like, we've gotten our teachers, all of us are sort of like vibing and doing the things and we're getting all the, and we're really going. And then you unplug the internet (laughs) and you have student devices who can't connect and can't get to the websites that they need to and you know people are losing their minds for good reason for good re- you just don't realize how dependent you are until it's not there um so i would Thank
1: i you would urge you, I'm not sleep very well tonight
0: <laughs> i would urge your uh your it department to invest in a in a solid and dependable uh filtering system uh for your content and uh, you probably get what you pay for.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we have, we're pretty good on that. Um, and they've been doing great work. So I am I have faith that when, you know, right now, uh, K through second grade is back, phased into our district. And we're supposed to, at the high school level, come back at the beginning of February. So I am feeling that we will be good.
0: Excellent. Uh, so clearly you've got, a passion for education. You, I think everybody that does this work at some level is just got that. You know, they've got a little something in their soul. Um, so you have that, and along with that, you clearly share quality content. And we talked about it earlier in the show. Uh, your websites. Uh, I went to all of them. I snooped around. Uh, I cyber stalked, and, and it was uh, really outstanding content. Um, that is something that folks in education can be challenged by the, the, the whole concept of just openly sharing something that you've created, that you've done the you've done the dirty work for you know you've done the research you've done the practice you've applied things with students and teachers to get this, and uh, it it can be a struggle. So why is it uh, why is it that sharing your content your experience your expertise Why is that so important to you?
1: I think that the short answer is we want students to do well. And I think the longer answer actually can take us back to Google Innovator. And Eddie, you might recall the action priority matrix, right? right? And, you know, those, you know, what are those things you can do that are like quick wins that are going to be really beneficial for people? And if I can make a video really quick and then I, you know, a few months later, there's 208,000 views on how to use annotate uh, a PDF within Canvas and not going anywhere else, then that was worth my two minutes of making the video. Right. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that I think is the longer t- answer. Um, I don't do these videos alone. So I have a few colleagues that are also tech coaches in my district. And we started this group called ITCs for All. Um, actually, summer of 2019. So long before the pandemic even started, we were like, "Okay, how can we like send our staff fewer emails? How can we get this information out to people? And we were like, it's going to be better if we collaborate on this. So we started a Facebook group and it was, you know, it had our staff members in it. There's probably, there was four of us. So staff from our four schools and we'd make videos and share things. And then the pandemic hit. And our staff would tell other people, Oh, you got to join the group. And then they're going to, they're going to give you these answers. Like, um, and so now we have 3000 people in our, our district group and there's 5, teachers in our district. <laughs> so um, yeah, I teach in a district of 90,000 students. So I guess a mega district. Um, and so there are a lot of stakeholders to get information to. And so if me and my colleagues can collaborate and make this content um, so we have one website for teachers and one website for students and parents um, so that they can go and get some answers. I think it's just going to help them.
0: Yeah, I love I love it. it's simply put,
2: there's a greater good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, that
2: simple. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, Is I mean, there
2: something I can do for the greater good. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna step on any of these teachers' doorsteps and offer them, you know, a million dollars for this crazy thing that they've created, right? So, no, uh, not, no, no. All right. So there, it, some of that is, you know, the edgy celebrity model, and Marcus and I've talked a little bit about it, but we've <laughs> got to find ways to to be um, the creators of content so that we are affecting the most. I mean, that's why Marcus and I do a lot of this. Is just we want to affect a greater number of people so that this message is heard, right? Or, or these um, experiences that we have are are told and these stories are told because um, it's important because we are doing the same thing and we're trying to build uh, the same experience for our kids. And, and that's really important. So uh, Katie, talk a little bit about, um, we'd really like to know, cause you are brand new uh, to Canvas. So um, talk a little bit about that background and like what led to Canvas in your district, Basically, as Marcus would put it, what is your history?
1: Yeah. So, well, first of all, back to your content that you've been creating. Thank you for the podcast. It's been very helpful all for right. us listening to it as we've started this journey. Um we started the journey with the pandemic. So March 13th, we were out of school. As I said, my district was not one-to-one. We didn't have a district-wide LMS. My district is kind of quirky in that we have what's called site-based management. So every school is, does its own thing. <laughs> so 200 schools uh, or yeah, hundred schools and they're all doing their own thing. Um, principal has the choices, basically. they They make the they choose what they want to do. And so there wasn't a unified LMS. And so you can imagine if you're a parent that has an elementary school, a high schooler, and a middle schooler, that that is a lot to manage. So my school was a Google school. And so we use Google Classroom. And so our district adopted Canvas in April for a rollout in May, so that people could use it for the rest of the year. Uh, My principal, we elected to finish the year with Google Classroom. We'd been using that for four years. We wanted to finish the year out and just doing what people knew because we didn't want to make the rest of the year harder for anyone. But that gave us a really great opportunity to spend May and June because we weren't doing any synchronous learning. It was all asynchronous. Um, It was just some office hours that teachers met with students. To use all of that time to get my teachers ready for August. So I started training. I dove in deep into the videos, the podcasts, listened to everything I could to try and learn about Canvas. And then started, you know, with my colleagues, um, we started Camp Canvas Live. And so we ran three boot camps in June. Uh, we each did one in our own school first, like a test prototype, you know, prototyping Eddie. And then we, we launched it district wide and did it for, I think we trained about 1200 of the teachers in the district um, beyond our schools. So, we um we did that and really spent our summer doing it. I don't think I really stopped working. Um, but I think, you know, we felt very ready. And I think our teachers felt more comfortable having that time to really get ready. And then, you know, once August came, then it was time to get parents and students ready. And so that's when we were really developing our parent site and our student site to get them um, comfortable with what Canvas was going to mean. Because there was so many questions about, like, you know, after the spring, what is this fall going to look like? <laughs> and, and just making sure everyone was ready. So I think we did a pretty successful job. Um, I am, as I was told by my principal, who goes into the principals meetings, oh, that I am Canvas Katie
2: in the district. <laughs> yes, Canvas Katie. Uh,
1: yeah, Canvas Katie. And so they're like, oh, but you're, you're, ITC is Canvas Katie and so you know we definitely me and my colleagues kind of you know definitely have a reputation of being supportive and getting people to know um, all the tricks and things they could know about Canvas and that was our goal because it's going to be better for students.
0: Yes absolutely I love the the you know Canvas Katie you get the you get the reputation you know sort of the, as they say the reputation, reputation precede you uh, and <laughs> so everybody knows now um, that the the rollout the with the pressure of all of that um, I can appreciate just listening to you talk through it because what the folks at home on the treadmill in the car listening what they couldn't see was that you're grinning ear to ear the whole time yeah. <laughs> so what that says to me, is that that's an educator who is loving what they're doing who can grasp the 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 weight of it the importance of it but understands that like this is what I'm supposed to do like that to me that's it that's that's where you've really hit the nail on the head is that you you your corporation your district huge huge crazy like that's those are numbers katie's just rattling off numbers and i'm like uh i you know that's big time number I,
1: I, I looked it's up your work. districts before this call to see like what it compared <laughs> with and i was like oh this is gonna kind of blow their mind
0: you're right okay. <laughs> yes yes absolutely uh but there's the the idea you know that you can because in, in my district it's a struggle to, to get the buy-in, to get to everybody, to all those things. Um, so that's a great credit to you and your team uh, and all the folks that do the same type of job to, to be able to reach out and get some of that buy-in. What I love above all of that is the, uh, the, the, the parent angle. And I think that that's super important for folks to keep in mind. If you're a teacher, if you're an administrator, if wherever your role is in your district, do not forget that you have to put a concerted amount of deliberate effort into the community. And that being any adult, any older sibling that's home with the kids that are that are going and attending the schools in your district. And so I love that that you guys made that decision to have a parent site, and to really be deliberate about putting content there that was going to be directed at that group.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really fortunate. So my my three other colleagues, Biz, Dan and Billy, Dan and Billy are both dads in the district. And so we were very fortunate, actually, you know, we all through four of us, we have different strengths. And Bring different things to the table the things that they brought to the table this summer that were really helpful were their children's accounts and we yeah. <laughs> had mock classrooms and we use their children all summer to just see like what can we do how does this look for them because you can't always with the lti see the student view with the test student so we're really able to like go to like the limit of make seeing what it could do with a student account That's awesome. Super helpful.
0: helpful. Yeah, and that's so crazy that you end up all these complicated things that we can do with technology, and sometimes it boils down to log in on that device as this person. Yeah.
1: And (laughs) and you couldn't give Madison any bad feedback. She would be very upset. Like (laughs) Dan's kids totally would do any assignment we put into the the classroom.
0: Done. Check. Off the (laughs) list. Yes. Uh, I love that. That's that's so funny. Again, Eddie, we this again, there are recurring themes. And again, we get back to we're all in the same boat. It doesn't matter what part of the country, what part of the world you're in. Yep. If you're in education, we are fighting the same battles yep. <laughs> and, and, and winning in many ways. So I, I, I love hearing that. Uh, so you mentioned that you were uh, a Google Classroom school for a number of years prior to transitioning to Canvas. Um, tell us about your teachers, your your team, your administrators. How have folks sort of uh, latched on to the transition from Google Classroom to Canvas?
1: Yeah, like I said, Google Classroom, I think, was a great step stepstool lms to get to canvas um before that we didn't have anything we were using regularly so i think this gave them google classroom gave them an idea of the possibilities and how to regularly post materials and, and things like that and and you know how to utilize the google tools and so they still work great within canvas um but Canvas is so much more robust. Teachers can put so much more inside it so students don't have to leave to go places, which has been really beneficial for our L and our SPED students to just lower that threshold if they click the button and they're still there in the Canvas screen. And I think that's going to be really helpful when we go back um, that the student, like the teachers can walk around the room and still see you're in the Canvas screen. Like we don't have that capability now, but when we get back, it's like, oh, it's just seamlessly there. So, that's been super, super helpful with remote learning. Um, Another thing that's been really great is the LTIs and the grade passback to many of the tools that we're using. Um, So, we're using GoFormative, and that's been really great. Um, NewZella, our school uses Edpuzzle, those Flipgrid, those things integrate so well and do the grade passback. It's beautiful. My teachers really appreciate that. Um, my teachers also really like the modules and being able to customize and create modules and use requirements and prerequisites. That's something you couldn't do <laughs> in Google yeah, Classroom. Right. Yeah. So, like, really personalizing uh, the path of a student's learning also been super, super powerful. And the last thing I'd say is that it's super customizable, you know, especially the graphics that you can put on a page. Um, and for me, that's a bit of a catch-22 with the accessibility because uh, teachers go a little bit over the, the boat. <laughs> what do you mean yeah.
2: Bitmoji classrooms aren't right, accessible? Exactly. Are you- <laughs>
1: Every time I have to tell someone that a Bitmoji classroom is not accessible <laughs> and that you need to put all of the links to all the things below it, they're like, but that's not pretty
0: yeah sorry (laughs)
1: sorry (laughs) i mean like that's okay i what i highly recommend to them is just like make your bitmoji classroom image put it at the top as like a banner and then change that image every so often it doesn't have to have the interactive part you can have all those links down below on the page Mm -hmm. just have that it be as like a decorative image and you can still get the same um, vibe and enjoyment of making it
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah i love that piece of advice for sure all right it's that time Katie, we ask all of our guests, most of them. I think we may have have missed a few missteps here and there. Come on. It's just, it's Marcus. He tends to write. (laughs) So it's that time. What is in your Canvas backpack?
1: I think it would be really remiss of me to not say the accessibility checker. Um, Yes.
2: (laughs) Tell them
0: about it. Tell them about it.
1: Yes. Um, so the accessibility checker, the little guy in the bottom right corner of your rich content editor, is a great thing to do. Uh, click on it and have it check your page before a publication. Now, I think it is a great first step. There are still things that a teacher also has to manually check. And I'm going to name three things right now that they need to self-check. One, that there are captions on any video you put on a page because it's not going to detect if there are captions on the video. Two The context of the alt text of your images. So it's going to tell you that you have alt text, but it's not going to be able to tell you if it's good enough, if it tells actually the context of the image. So if it just says, you know, screenshot 1.0 JPEG, that's actually not going to help someone who is visually impaired. And the last thing that you do have to manually check is to make sure that you are using headings to help a person using a screen reader go through a page efficiently. But otherwise the accessibility checker is really great and is something that every teacher should use before they publish any page.
0: Yes. That right there Eddie. People are going to have their minds blown because I guarantee that there are tons of people who have never clicked on that.
2: What's that little, never used... What's the circle and the little guy and he's right. happening down there, right? Like and
0: I and I've, I did
2: it like like
0: last year I clicked on it a couple of times just to kind of test my my own design. And I, then it was I was depressed. She <laughs> <laughs> was like, Let me just see. like I know I think, what this is.
1: <laughs> I think that they need to upgrade from the balloon icon to the confetti, like the students get.
0: Yes. Like if, if everything's accessible, you get the you get the confetti. Yeah, confetti. Um yeah, that would be awesome. Um, but yes, I all of that. And I can't wait I can't wait we're gonna we're gonna re-listen and and Eddie's gonna you know clean this up and get rid of ninety percent of what I say but <laughs> the all of that the just right there everybody needs to rewind the podcast to this to when Eddie said what's in your canvas backpack and listen to it again because the three self-check tips along with the accessibility checker that's huge
1: yeah, it's, and it's 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 going to open your audience. So a lot of teachers tell me, oh, but I don't have any students with that, that need. Well, you don't know their parents who are teaching them at home or their grandparent that doesn't have that need. So you need to make sure that you're creating your web content for any possible user.
2: Perfect. Yeah. Before we wrap up, Marcus, people don't rewind things anymore. It's Uh,
0: like... Listen. Time out like a, before you start making fun of me and call me old. Nobody
2: says the like nobody says, hey, you gonna rewind that podcast.
0: Uh every time I want to hear something getting out of my podcast, I take a pencil, I slide <laughs> it right into one side of the 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 tape, and then I turn spin. counterclockwise. <laughs> I turn counterclockwise and then ta-da, and then I put it back into the tape player, my boom box, and I hit play. <laughs> it doesn't, that doesn't, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> Fix the Newell post. (laughs) Uh, Katie, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to transition into thanking you before Eddie and I just completely go off the rails. Uh, But we I honestly like I learned a ton. Uh, I'm so glad that you were willing to to tell us your story and talk about your your mega district um, and and share that content. Uh, The websites are great. So thank you so much. No,
1: well, thank you guys for having me. This has been really fun.
0: Excellent. Love to hear that. Now, where can people find you on social and all the things?
1: Yeah, I'm at Katie, K-A-T-I-E-F, at KDF. Katie i I'm an early adopter. I've had that since 2007.
2: So, you know. I nice. got a name change at some point because I, I do remember. Katie, do you remember Twitter? This was, we bring this up all the time. Do you remember Twitter when it was like text messages? course yeah where they it wasn't yeah. a feet like it, you would get
1: X of all the people you subscribe to it was, it was a lot on
2: your banana phone
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> my my motorola razor
2: speaking of that have you seen they actually have
0: a flip phone that you can get like at Best Buy and it's like directed at grandparents like the word oh. grandparent in the title of the one I saw it's a legit flip phone
1: oh I I, I haven't seen I haven't seen that I'm sh- it's like the The shutter, or what is it, jitterbug? Jitterbug.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I did it, but I saw. But I did
1: buy a hand, a banana handset extension for a mobile phone for my niece.
2: Oh, let's go! (laughs) Let's
1: go! Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: that's pretty cool. Super retro. Katie, thanks again. This has been awesome. Glad to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me. See you guys on Twitter.